there's an expression they have, which is bet the jockey, not the horse. I think that's really important to be able to show that you are connecting. People aren't going to relate to your pet products. People aren't going to relate to your accounting services. They will relate to you. And where they start to recognize your face, they start to know and like you. I mean, branding is all about those three things, right? Know, like, and trust. Welcome to the Marketing Boost Solutions Podcast. Join host Marco Torres, co-founder of MarketingBoost.com, along with expert guests as they deliver incredible proven solutions to your marketing challenges in each power-packed episode. Captain Marco has guided thousands of entrepreneurs, growing their sales and marketing through the use of value-add incentives. His Facebook groups are home to more than 84,000 entrepreneurs who are raking in sales with his advice. Get ready to be blown away with game-changing lessons for your business. Folks, welcome to another episode of the Marketing Boost Solutions podcast. Today, I'm incredibly excited to bring you a very powerful speaker, guest speaker, and host of her own podcast. Dr. Laura Sicola is an expert in leadership communication and influence. She's the founder of Vocal Impact Productions and author of the book, Speaking to Influence, Mastering Your Leadership Voice. Her TED Talks, Want to sound like a leader? Start by saying your name right. Has, guess what? Nearly 7 million views. How cool is that? And she has her own great podcast, Speaking to Influence Communications, Secrets of the C-Suite, which is all about the role of communication as an essential leadership skill. Folks, you're in for a very special treat. Dr. Laura, welcome. Thank you, Marco. So glad to be here. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm really, really excited to have you. Our community of Marketing Boost members is going to be thrilled to watch this show and take some, some uh, knowledge and wisdom and on how to present themselves properly, starting with me uh, after, our, uh, after our, our preview conversation. You talked to me about improving my everything from my equipment to my new microphone that I'm showing off here. <laughs> Beautiful little toy. Yeah. Every little thing counts in how you present yourself as the expert and authority. So, Dr. Laura, tell us about how you got where you are and what made you take this route. I am a teacher and a linguist by training and by heart. So that has been something that has driven me from the beginning. Love figuring out what it takes to close the gap between people and and that sort of driving need we all have to feel heard and to feel understood and to understand others in the process. So, you know, I am very much a, I like to refer to myself as a recovering academic and uh, an accidental entrepreneur. It was never in the cards. I was the teacher turned professor. That's why I did the PhD and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, and then there was just a shift where there was a moment. We all have those little moments in life where uh, that, that really define the direction we go. I was at a wedding reception actually, and talking with someone who said, who asked me about my research, which was a lot looking at how, what is it about the way that we speak and that makes what we say go in one ear and out the other or stick. And when you can figure out what makes it stick, how do you use that to be more effective, to get through to people, to help people learn more easily, more effectively? And he said, you know, I've always had an instinct and an interest about that, but I never had the data 
to back it up. He said, you have the data and I think it's relevant. Would you want to come in and do a training for my team? I think it would be valuable. And little did I know he was the vice president of government programs at IBM. And suddenly I had a consulting opportunity and one thing led to another. And 15 years later, here we are. Wow. That's a great story. And so, you know, looking, watching your TED Talks and, and, and looking at your website and everything else about you, one of the things that has stood out to me is, you know, how you help people uh, stand out from that crowd. You know, what, so when I would, what question I would have for you here is, as a speaker, leader, expert, sales rep, coach, et cetera, um, what is some of that secret? What is that first step in the secret to sounding credible? A big part, I think there's two major things that we all tend to forget. And one is choosing the end that we want before we start, as opposed to just starting to talk and hoping we get someplace good. When you think about who your audience is, and I use the word audience very briefly, it doesn't have to be a formal audience like this in a podcast. It can just be the one person that you're talking to in the moment. But when you're done with that conversation, what do you want them to think? How do you want them to feel? And what do you want them to do? What action do you want them to take? Those are the three levels of impact, the cognitive, emotional, and behavioral impact. And if we think about how we want them to, to respond in the end, think, feel, and do, then we figure out how to approach that conversation. And we're going to have a much better outcome just by default because we put that thought into it. So first, that, that premeditated uh, planning, thoughtfulness, and then it's really the it, the importance in sounding credible is being able to align our messaging on two fronts, the what we say and how we say it. It's not, we, we all have heard the adage, well, it's not what you say, it's how you say it that matters. That's only true if those are not aligned because then they're sending mixed signals. So if I were to just introduce myself today, Marco, and say, oh yeah, Marco, thanks um, for having me on the podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to be here. And uh, yeah, it's 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 an honor. You'd be like, what? That so everything that I said is true, but because of my kind of posture, my lack of eye contact, my flat voice, my whatever, there's something in the delivery that makes you doubt what I said. So in that case, the how I said it undermined your ability to trust what I said. I wasn't credible in what I said because of the lack of alignment. So we really need when we align the what we say and the how we say it, that's the foundation of credibility. Then it's not what you say versus how you say it. It's the the connection between the two. That's the key. Yeah, that and, and again, that voice inflection can mean everything. So yes. what are the what are the typical things that uh, we end up sabotaging sabotaging ourselves with our own efforts to sound credible? What would you say is the common pitfall pitfalls? Oh, that's a long list. I think the one that we just mentioned, of course, is certainly a key one is not really thinking about who is our audience and when what is it that we're trying to convey to them? What do we want them to take away as far as, again, the how do we want them to think? How do we want them to feel? And what do we want them to do as a result? And then think about based on who they are what their pressures are, what their concerns are, what their needs and interests are, what part of us do they need to connect with in as we're talking to them? Do they need us to be a little bit more 
energetic, a little more fun, a little more relaxed, a little more casual? Do they need us to be really firm? Do they need us to be incredibly decisive and intentional and unwavering in our certainty? Do they need us to be gentle and and empathetic and patient and and very almost innocent in the way that we're coming across. And I don't mean faking it. I am not an actor. You want to see something ugly, give me a Shakespeare script and tell me to do something with it. Couldn't teach you how to act if my life depended on it. But we all have all those different personality facets. And in that moment, what part of our personality needs to come through for them to be able to connect with us in a way that allows them to receive the message that we need them to receive? Really making that shift and not just being like, well, I'm just going to data dump on you and tell you what I think you need to know, period. That's that's where we miss the mark. Yeah, no, I, I get it. And by the way, if you're watching this or listening, you should pull out your notebook and get ready to take notes because, again, here, this is powerful. So the three C's is one thing you talk about on, on, your, on your training course that you focus on and on your talks. Uh, the three C's of command, connect, and close – Yes. Uh, I love that part of your of your presentations, you know, command the room, connect with the audience, close the deal. Uh, break that down for us a little bit. My pleasure. The three C's to get through to have the impact that we want, as you just referenced, the first C is command the room. This is about your presence. What is it about the way that you show up that makes people take notice? How do you capture their attention and hold it? It's not a, hey, look at me, look at me. You're, you're not performing. But there's a difference between demanding respect, demanding attention. If you have to demand it, you'll never get it. But uh, between demanding and commanding presence, when there's something in the way that you show up that just makes, that compels people to focus, that's commanding the room. And again, it can be in all those different ways we talked about before, through being fun, through being serious, through being patient and and you name it, that's up to you. Number two is connecting with the audience. As you are talking with whoever it is, what is it that you're doing, whether it's what you're saying, how you're behaving or otherwise, that establishes this mutual sense of you understand me and I understand you. Maybe it's through the stories that you tell. Maybe it's through the amount of jargon that you do or don't use, the quantity or quality of data and examples that you give, how you organize your information. There's so many things that you could, even the way you dress. Do you dress in a suit? Do you dress in jeans and a t-shirt? Do you dress in, you know, it's up to you. But for that audience, will it help you connect with them better? Will it help them see you as they need to see you to be able to trust what you're saying? because we do all have those biases. That's connecting with the audience, establishing that you understand me and I understand you rapport. Let me and interrupt then, you on that one please. just for a second. Sure. Because, it, because I'm curious, in today's world, you know, I'm kind of old school. I wouldn't go out on the stage without wearing a jacket, maybe even a tie. But um, but then again, I, you know, you see the, 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 today it's a trend, you know, it's the jeans and a, and a t-shirt and you know, for men anyway, sure. and uh, they're not necessarily, you know, they're not, they're trying to downplay, it seems, their, their, uh, you know, be casual on stage in front of a whole bunch of people who paid big money to see them, maybe, mm -hmm. and they walk out there in raggedy shoes, you know, uh, t-shirt and jeans. What do I you probably uh, paid $500 for those raggedy t-shirts, the irony, right? <laughs> yeah, true. But uh, what would you say to that? And is, does that, is there a, a, what, is there a reason for that? Or what would you, is that just a trend? What do you think is going on there? 
part. It's a trend. I think people are certainly here in the U.S. going a lot more casual, but it also it all comes down to branding. And what is your brand? I like the definition. My favorite definition of branding is that a brand is the promise of an experience and the experience of a promise delivered. So what is consistent with the brand that you're trying to convey? If I'm trying to con to convey the brand as a consummate leadership communication and influence expert, someone who has an elite program, an elite product, who works with elite leaders, and that that consistently has to be there, I may show up in a, in jeans for a particular speaking event, but it's going to be with a blazer. It's going to be with heels. It's going to be with something else to go with it. If I'm talking, uh, I will guest lecture at uh, a colleague's undergraduate business course at a university. Okay, a bunch of 18-year-olds, this is a little different. I may ditch the heels. I may wear something a little funkier on the feet. I may or may not use the blazer along with the t-shirt. Uh, who? So who's the audience and what will help them connect with me differently where they'll still receive my content? Because the content the lessons that I'm going to teach are going to be the same, but it's going to be different from how I show up for a bunch of undergrads versus if I'm speaking to a room of financial leaders, CFOs, and that kind of thing. So that, if they're going to be in suits, I'm going to be in a suit. If right. they're going to be in jeans, I'm going to meet them where they are in jeans. But there's even in those ranges, what is a suit? Is it black? Can it be pink? Is if it's jeans and a t-shirt, how wrinkly is it? How this versus that? There are, even within all those big categories, there are nuances of detail that are brand consistent. And I think that's really important to remember those details. That's very cool. So go ahead and get back to the three C's. We were getting ready to talk about close the deal. That's yes. the big one. And that is the most important to define because closing the deal does not necessarily mean get the sale. It is not about signing on the dotted line and exchanging money. It could be, but that's more the exception than the rule for most people. That closing the deal means getting to yes, finding an agreement. It can just be moving the needle forward one notch at a time, deciding, you know what? I think we've talked enough today. Let's resume tomorrow and, and we'll start off at this new jumping off point. Okay, coming to a decision where yes, I understand you, you understand me, and we're at a good next step. So closing the deal is getting to yes, forming an agreement. And if money Very happens to exchange hands in the process, great. But that's <laughs> not necessary. Not necessarily. Set the stage for the next conversation, in other words. Yes. Um, Making progress. Good. All right. We're going to be right back after we hear from the following message. It's time to wow, surprise, and impress your clients with the most powerful customer draw card available anywhere. The Marketing Boost Solution Show is brought to you by Marketing Boost, where you can get valuable travel and restaurant incentives to drive your leads from prospects to paying customers. Now you can offer complimentary hotel stays in over 130 destinations worldwide. Go to marketingboostsolutions.com and try it for free right now. Welcome back to the Marketing Boost Solutions podcast. You've been listening to Dr. Laura Sicola on the three C's, command, connect, and close, and the power of influencing correctly, the power of coming across as an expert. Dr. Laura, welcome back. And uh, let's continue down this path of, well, let me first, let me share my screen. 
practice is vocalimpactproductions.com, where you can find more about Dr. Laura. She's been seen, as we said earlier, on, on, on TEDx, on Forbes, Fox News, CBS, you name it. She's been a, a very well-known speaker, over six, seven, almost 7 million views on her TEDx video. Uh, take it away, Dr. Laura. Give us some more wisdom and insight. Uh, well, geez, there's so much that we can talk about. Thank you for sharing the website. I certainly do invite uh, everyone to to check it out uh, to the extent that anybody's reading some of those captions about the democratic debates and things. Uh, that was from a little while ago. But one of the things that I do talk about during uh, presidential election cycles is, and it, I think it's great as a case study. I don't, I, I'm apolitical. I keep my nose clean on all that kind of stuff. But I think debates whether they're primaries, Republican, Democrat, or otherwise, or the final rounds, they're fabulous case studies that we can use to look at what is it about the way people are trying to get their messages across in very short periods of time under very high pressure situations to, and what is it that they do effectively and where do they absolutely miss the mark? And what can we learn from that? Much like if you are a, you play football or or some other sport, you watch the game footage when you're done, right? And you want to see what did I do well? What did my team do well? And what did my opponents do well? And or where did we not do well? And regardless of whether it makes us happy or sad that somebody did it well or not, what can we learn from it? So I love using those debates, for example, as a case study that we can learn from whether I would ever vote for someone or sooner shoot myself in the foot than have to see that person be elected is utterly irrelevant. I'm going to learn from what they did well and what they didn't to make me a better leader. And that's what I encourage all of us to do. So uh, I'd have on LinkedIn in particular, lots of posts that I have doing analyses of those case studies. I would invite everybody to take a look at them from both uh, this, this year and previous cycles uh, just to see what can you learn from them. It's it's fascinating. So what? speaking of that, let's break down a little bit about the what we just saw. Um, here's your uh, LinkedIn page, by mm, the way. Thank you. But to briefly talk about the uh, the one with the GOP, uh, all the Republicans that just went against each other. Well, who would you say are the winners and losers in that? And how did they perform? Well, remember, so my lens is not about who is the best candidate winner, who came across as the best or worst candidate. It's about what. So at this stage in particular, literal and figurative stage, it's about what makes someone memorable and what makes somebody stick, frankly. And I think that there are elements that different people did effectively that we can learn from and that will probably help them advance. Again, whether or not I want them to advance is not the point. So and reserve. Yeah, yeah, we want, we want to stay away from making it, you know, pointing out anything on personal positions. I get it. <laughs> Correct. Well, I just don't want someone to, what's most important for you and for me, frankly, is that no one hears me say this person did well here. I thought that was effective. And they go, oh, she likes him. I'm never going to, if she would vote for, no, it's not about that. Just what can we learn from them? How did they so, deliver the message? And was it credible or did it come across? Well, yes. Yes. Uh, likely come across well or not with some of their audience. Exactly. Yes. So for example, one person who was particularly effective in his consistency was Chris Christie in his ability to basically be unflappable. He was just stayed, no matter what they threw at him, he was solid in his answer. He was intentional. He truly seemed like he believed everything that he said. He didn't get snippy with anybody. And he was, there were times when he was looking straight ahead at the camera and there were times when he would turn and kind of lean on his podium and look at the other people and just address them directly. It was a little more of a casual 
feeling to it, but he never lost his cool. And that was, that's effective to show as a leader that you can take the fire and not lose your cool. Um, on the flip side, the and mind exactly. you, and mind you, his audience was not welcoming to him at that. No, particular no, he, he got booed. He, he got booed, but he still kept his. He did keep his, you know, his message. He came prepared to deliver what, as you point out, his, you know, what his what his uh, thoughts were, what he was intending for you to yep. take away, and uh, and he stuck to it. So yep. even when they were booing him and what have you, he just didn't lose his cool. <laughs> That was impressive. Yeah. And that's important, that grace under fire. Uh, now, as flip side, um, Ramaswamy was, he's probably half Christie's age. He came on as the, I'm going to be the new fun energy. He said multiple times verbally, let's just have some fun tonight. I just want to have some fun. He made some jokes here and there. He's trying to connect with a very different demographic saying, I'm done with, you know, I don't want to be an old stodgy politician like the rest of you. Time for new blood, new ideas, new energy, new everything. So he was much more high energy. So for those who wanted that, they would, they may like him more. They may connect with him more. But at the flip side, some of them may also say he's he's too casual. He's too flippant about this. He's not taking it seriously enough. Doesn't he understand the severity, the gravitas of the position? This is not he's not auditioning for a play. He's auditioning to be the president of the free world effectively. So was he not serious enough? That being said, he was able to switch, to throw a switch every now and then. And when he was serious about listing things like the departments that he would frankly abolish for better or for worse, regardless of your opinion, that he went straight in like no joking, straight down the line, get rid of this, get rid of this, get rid of this. And here's why. So he was able to switch gears very quickly and still seem consistent. So to be able to adjust the delivery for the the points that he was trying to make, that was effective. Now, on the complete opposite ends, both literally and figuratively, on the end of the stages were two governors, one from, I think, North Dakota, and the other one, I'm blanking on which state he was from, um, but they were- I, 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 I forget which one it was. And that's just it. They were utterly forgettable. Forgettable. I mean, what they said might have been perfectly fine, perfectly accurate, perfectly fact-based, perfectly useful. And you may even have agreed with them, but they were so utterly bland there. And the, the one from, from the Dakotas was frankly, in his closing statement, I would say he came across as nervous. His voice was shaky. He was very fidgety. He couldn't hold, he couldn't keep his feet still. So he was moving a lot in the process. There were a lot of uh, uh, ums and, and stammers yeah. and yeah. lack of fluency, a lot of fillers in it. So between the physical fidgety, the vocal breakiness and shakiness of it all. He lost everybody right for the there. Yeah. yeah, he just, and the fact that his content was, and his personality were both, frankly, forgettable, vanilla, et cetera. Uh, he, I don't think he's going to be back. Uh, so there are things to look for. And just, it's all about notes for note to self. If you're nervous, figure out what to do to not telegraph those nerves. I would never show up on a show like this or a stage like that and say, hi, Marco. I just wanted you to let to, to know I'm, I'm Laura Sokola. I'm glad to be here. And uh, I'm utterly intimidated by you and your audience. Thanks for having me on the show. Like, why would I say that verbally? I would never say that. So we want to make sure that we're not vocally and visually, voice and body language, telegraphing that. And he telegraphed that from the moment he opened his mouth. So things to learn from.
Yeah, no, it's it was it was powerful to watch. And I could only I tried to put myself in, you know, as you say, looking at the case studies, I tried to imagine myself trying to do that and preparing to be on stage in front of, you know, millions of people uh, fighting for, you know, to be the leader of the free world and prepare yourself with that, you know, your final one minute statement. It's got to be perfect. It's got to yep. be at the same time. It's got to not sound memorized. I mean, there's a lot to that. And, oh, it's not um, easy. Yeah. Oh my God. Those guys must've been through some, some preparation for that. Uh, okay. Well, moving on and talking about, uh, or what else would you say about that debate before I ask you a couple of other questions? I, I think that's the most important part, frankly, is being mindful if nothing else, if you want to remove your politics from it, to really look at those events as case studies through which we can learn. And if you can use, if you can leverage them that way, boy, the power that you will take away and it's in the way that you show up at work the next day is, it can really be altering. Uh, altering. So I would encourage now, everyone if, to do that. If you were going to coach Ramasam, Ramas, his last Ramaswamy, name, Ramaswamy, yep. Ramaswamy, last name throws me for a loop. If you were going to coach him specifically, uh, I mean, I found him as, as you say, to be, uh, I mean, he had managed to, steal the microphone for most of the show he along with pence but um but there was parts of him as you said he was like too, smiling too grandiose he was i mean what would you coach him specifically to not necessarily you know to meet people in the middle i think he was you know in a way um uh i mean he probably gained an influence at the same time but he probably also turned a bunch of people off how would you uh teach him for the next one to be more to be more somewhere in the middle, if he should. Yeah, I don't know that I would say that he should average somewhere more in the middle and not have the extremes necessarily, but to be judicious in selecting when. When do you hit those high notes and hit those low notes? Because it's one thing to be to make a little bit of a joke here and there to lighten the mood or to to humanize the conversation, to connect with the audience uh, or to make a good little mic drop moment here and there. If you can actually make the audience laugh, good luck with that. But you know, if you can, more power to you. But when that's the pervasive tone, it, there is too much of a good thing. So recognize limits and recognize when enough is enough and it's time to respect the office that you are trying to inhabit and to, to so to i would say less frequency of the fun jokiness don't undo it just a little bit more judicious in the the application now getting back to the rest of us here that are worried about our influence our audience and our ability to communicate whether it be one-on-one -on, -one on a zoom sales call or or uh, influence of your Facebook community or whatever, whoever your audience is, however big or small, what would you say as to, you know, do people need to be doing more videos as part of their marketing, selfies, Facebook lives, podcasts? And if so, why? What's the, what's the reason for that? And I mean, it's pretty obvious, but at the same time, you know, for the average, for a small business owner, why should he be doing all of that? because people want to do business with people. And there, I do a lot of pitch coaching, for example, at dif with different startup incubators, with different university entrepreneurship programs, different you know, regional pitch competitions, those kinds of things. And 
the when I'm working with venture capitalists and angel investors, other kinds of investors, there's an expression that they have, which is bet the jockey, not the horse. That people are they yes, it's one thing if you're you're product or your service is excellent, that's important. But if we're going to invest in your company, we want to know that there's a, a leader behind it who can really help to execute the vision, who has the ability to, to galvanize people and make it happen, not just who can build the technical product or service. And I think that's really important to be able to show that you are connecting with your people. Even, you know, I don't know whatever kind of product or service people out there are are promoting, but just to to help to promote your brand, they want to identify with you. People aren't going to relate to your pet products. People aren't going to relate to your accounting services. They, they will relate to you. And if there's a way that they see there's a human behind it, it helps. So even little you know, 30 second videos, put it on TikTok, put it on Facebook, put it on Instagram, LinkedIn, wherever, but little tips, little something where people can get a snippet, get a nugget here and there. And where they start to recognize your face, they start to know and like you. I mean, branding is all about those three things, right? Know, like, and trust. So the more frequency they see a video, they're much more likely to recognize your face than to recognize a name with a text post that they're going to just scroll past and not notice. And of course, if you are going to do those videos, make sure they have subtitles because uh, you probably know better than I do. But the most recent stat I heard a little while ago was over 80% of all videos online are watched on mute. So whether they're scrolling past them or they just don't want to get heard in the office or whatever it happens to be, they're watching on on mass transit, they need to be able to read the subtitles and they will do that, but they still want to connect with you. They want to see that person. They want to like you. Um, and it, even videos can be great. I, I use Vidyard. You can use Loom. I don't get any uh, kickbacks for promoting these products. So there's little recommendations, but where you make a little video and you can insert the thumbnail into your email a little animated thumbnail and the open rate is like four to one of what people are willing to watch that video versus read the text. So in the email, if you send it, um, and, and just to be able to walk people through proposals by inserting a video into what you send them so that you aren't there, but when they do want to look through whatever you send them, you are talking them through it. There's, there's a power in being there in the room with them, at least digitally, in asynchronously. There's so many other ways to connect with people and you need to have that presence to be able to be there with them when they're ready to be with you. So I'm here on your uh, site, speaking to influence.com, vocal Thank you. impact productions. And, uh, and you've got your book here that people can order right from the site or click over here to listen to your latest uh, podcast episode. And, um, uh, but back to your, there's another your courses here or what is the main product you're offering you know for people to get more to learn more about you know becoming a effective speaker and get and telling stories you know one of the things the, the art of storytelling is one of your expertises we can briefly talk about that as well but on your website what um what do you offer we're actually and i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a sneak preview here we're about to do a massive rebrand 
So there's a lot that's going to be changing in the in the not too distant future. But where what I would invite people to do if they go to the contact, let us know that you've seen us here, that we've been talking on on Marco's amazing podcast and show so much incredible value out of all of the episodes that I've seen that yep, just if you go to the contact page and connect with me there, what we're starting to really do now is do group coaching programs and massive online pieces where there's real-time access, real-time training, 10 weeks to influence and figuring out what is it about the way that you are teaching, about the way that you are leading, about the way that you are connecting with your audience, whether they're employees or whether they are clients or investors or whoever else that is missing the mark or getting you the results that you want. So 10 weeks to influence and how to become, and part of that is really to your earlier point, how to not just be the expert, but to become the go-to thought leader in your space. Because it's not enough to be the someone who's known as being smart or having a good product. The question is when a group wants to, um, they want to have a speaker come for their lunch and learn or for their conference or on their podcast or something, they're going to vet you nowadays to say, well, are they not just are they smart, but are they interesting? Do they have that ability to command the room, to captivate and connect with the audience? Because it's if you're just smart, but frankly, boring, they're not going to have, they might invite you once, but they'll never invite you back. You people need a balance and it's, this is word is maligned, but it's really important. They want infotainment. It's not, that's not content light. Content light is different, hardcore content, but in an engaging, interesting, gently entertaining way, not tap dancing, not funny clown nose, not making lots of jokes, but are you interesting. Think about your favorite teachers in high school, college, wherever it was. The best teachers were the ones who made learning fun, who kept your attention. So what does it take to take that expertise in your brain and that passion in your heart and make sure that when you open your mouth, it lands as intended and it captivates the audience and makes them want to hear more. That's what we're going to do in our 10 Weeks to Influence program. Wow. I look forward to that. Uh, we'll be right back when we hear from another, after we hear from another one of our sponsors. Just a moment. Is your business on autopilot yet? Do you have automation in place to capture, nurture, and convert prospects into clients via email, SMS, ringless voicemails, appointment setting? Get all the inbound and outbound marketing tools in one place. Go to marketingboostsolutions.com for more on automating your business so you can make money while you sleep. Welcome back again to the Marketing Boost Solutions podcast show. You just heard from our sponsor, Automation Booster, which is all about automating your business and making sure you've got a powerful CRM to communicate with your clients via email, text message, voicemail, broadcasting, and set it all up so that you're making money while you sleep and while the, so the system works on you know, automation for you. If you haven't done that already, if you don't have a powerful CRM, you need that in today's world. Go look at automationbooster.com. And we're back with Dr. Laura Sicola. And we're talking about the influence being, you know, an effective speaker. Uh, she's got some free information as well for you on how to, um, let's first, you mentioned your free equipment guide. So if you're going to be filming these videos, if you're going to be talking on, uh, uh, on guest speaking on on other podcasts, if you're going to be maybe launching your own podcast or just just doing those Loom videos that she referred to to walk your clients through your products and services, 
you need the right equipment as well. Uh, Laura, Dr. Laura, tell us about that and uh, where we find that. My pleasure. The easiest place to, well, it's important. And it's not just about if you're going to be on podcasts or stages of some sort, but I honestly think anytime you're on a call with another person, the clarity of your sound is critical because, and I'm going to do a quick demo right here. Uh, let's see if think about it, everybody out there, if I were having this conversation with Marco and instead I sounded like this, and this is the conversation that we were going to have. Doesn't it just make you want to stop listening? It's a massive, yes. it's a different experience. And unconsciously, you are going to discredit what I say because I'm making you work just to understand what the words were, much less whether you agree with them or understand them or want to respond to them. It's unpleasant and it's too much cognitive burden. Again, I'm a cognitive linguist. This increases the listener's cognitive burden and no one wants to work that's hard just to catch what the words are. Now watch, I'm going to switch back to my good mic. And I want you to be mindful of your mental, emotional, and even potentially, if you're a more sensitive, physiological reaction to this change, three, two, one. Now, when I talk here again, doesn't it feel, I just, so Marco just, uh, just lip synced. Wow. Tell me what just happened for you. Yeah. It's just totally different experience to the ears and makes you, you know, a lot easier. It's kind of like eye candy for the ears. You know, you can be <laughs> <laughs> ear candy. I ear love candy. it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's important, right? Suddenly you want to listen to me more. I sound more important. I sound more serious. I sound more powerful. I sound more credible. And it's certainly more pleasant to listen to. And when one person is talking like this and another person is talking like this, who is your unconscious naturally going to favor? the one who sounds like this. So no even if you're just one-on-one -on -one with a teammate, a client, a boss, a an employee, a, a prospect, you always, it does not do you justice to sound like this. Why would you undermine your own authority by letting yourself sound like this? Make yeah. sure that they feel like you are physically present in the room with them. That is mission critical. So the offer, the, the freebie that you're welcome to, uh, anybody out there, is my guide to virtual in, to, to equipment recommendations for virtual influence. And you can go to the contact page on vocalimpactproductions.com and just in it, click other and make the request for the equipment recommendations guide. Of course, tell us that you heard our conversation here with Marco on this amazing show. We always love to know where people find us. So if you just click where it says, I'm interested in, find that other, and then just let us know specifically what it is that you're looking for that. Um, see right below there where it says, I'm interested in at the bottom, mm -hmm. first layer, and you can click on that, open that on right. up. There you go. And there's the other, um, and we can just let us know specifically. That now, you are looking for if, that. if you're not watching this on YouTube, if you're listening, it's vocalimpactproductions.com forward slash contact, vocalimpactproductions.com. Click over to the contact page and request that. Dr. Laura, you also mentioned you had another PDF, which sounded very amazing as well. The um, uh, cover, remind me of what that one is called and yes. what it covers, your worksheet. 
Yes, listening to influence. And this is a one page simple protocol to follow for when you have, when you're planning on having those conversations that maybe you're not looking forward to necessarily. It's a conversation you know you need to have. Maybe you and your partner, your business partner, your, your life partner, your, you know, somebody else where you've been butting heads or you're constantly talking past each other and you're just feeling like they're not listening to me. You're both looking at each other saying, but you're not listening to me. This is an opportunity to guarantee that if you follow these steps, both people will complete the conversation having felt heard and understood, possibly for the first time. And you'll, at the very least, by the end of it, have that catharsis, which takes the energy out and allows you to move the needle forward. You may or may not come to a conclusion of a way to fix the problem, but boy, are you going to have a better appreciation for each other and to have that feeling of finally being heard, being acknowledged, being receiving what you needed from that person to be able to move forward. So um, I, it's, can I tell a real quick story? Sure, please. 30 the seconds. Storytelling is you. <laughs> <laughs> the, so I just did a training for a law firm a little while ago. And this was one of the sheets that I gave as a takeaway to all the partners at the end. And a couple of days later, I got a message on LinkedIn from the wife of one of the senior partners at the law firm. And one of the things that she said was that the listening to influence, listening to understand worksheet is on our bedstand. We love it. It was game changing. Thank you so much. Wow. Yeah. So as you as you yeah as you describe that I'm thinking to myself I need that for about this situation that situation <laughs> this couple, these partners these <laughs> yes I could yes. certainly use some uh, uh, a, a worksheet to follow. <laughs> Well, and the beauty is honestly that worksheet and everything else that I teach, whether it's on the podcast, in the book, on stage, wherever, everything is as applicable in the personal realm as in the professional realm, because it's all about connecting with people and making sure that your message is heard and understood and that you hear and understand theirs. When you can do that, anything is possible. Wow. Well, this has been an amazing conversation, a lot of insight and a lot of places to go find this information, guys. If you've been watching and enjoying the content, please like, subscribe and share this video with others. Uh, do us also a favor. Make sure you go to Dr. Laura's website, Speaking to Influence. Let me pull those up one more time. And the links are in the uh, the notes below. So you can uh, don't have to write it down. Just go to the links below in both the podcast and the show. And whoops, let me get right to the right page. We are speaking to influence.com. And the other one is vocalimpactproductions.com. This is the main site, vocalimpactproductions.com. Click over to the contact page and request the hit other and request the uh, listening to influence or listen to uh, uh Listening the, to influence or listening to understand worksheets. Understand and the, worksheet and the free and the, equipment guide. And of course, you want to subscribe to the Dr. Laura podcast as well. You can find all of this on her websites here to follow her and go watch her YouTube video, by the way. One last plug here for Dr. Laura, the, her YouTube, go search on YouTube for Dr. Laura Sicola TED Talks, and you'll see her Amazing video here where she has now nearly 7 million views on uh, on this same subject. So this gets more into this entire video here on training on how to how to win properly 
win on stage and influence your audience correctly. So uh, any final words, Dr. Laurel? I'm just thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Marco. You've got such an incredible show. It's an honor to be part of it. And, and I hope everybody took away something today that made them go, oh my gosh, that's a way I can get out of my own way and hear yes more often. And if I can empower everyone to do that, that, that would make me very happy. Thank you so much. Thanks again, folks. Click like, subscribe, and share, please, if you like this content so we can help get the word out about Marketing Boost Solutions. Thanks for listening to another episode of Marketing Boost Solutions Podcast with your hosts, Captain Marco Torres. Now it's on you. Take the next step now. Go to marketingboostsolutions.com for more on how you can wow, delight, and surprise your clients with the most amazing draw card on the planet. So stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty for knowledge. See you next time.